Hi. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything is fine. Hey, everybody. Everything's fine. Hey, everything's fine. Relax. Everything is just fine. Hey, everybody. What's up? My name is Kyle Pagan. Welcome back to another episode of Everything's Fine. Today, we have the NFC win total over-unders. Um, I have Mark in Philly, who's the host of the Tough Cover Pod, as well as John Jansen, host of the Line Change on Fox Philly Gambler. It's a really awesome episode. Uh, probably the top two guys I know right now, young guys who are uh, the best handicappers in Philadelphia. They guide me for the whole hour and a half. So I hope you enjoy it. Tune in. I will talk to you Wednesday with Bob Wankel, and then we'll save the AFC player props, MVP, and Offensive Rookie of the Year futures for Friday. Uh, enjoy. Before we get into the NFC win totals, I want to talk to you about Soothe CBD. It's a local hemp-derived CBD product that contains no THC. They're all-natural, vegan, gluten-free products are used to relieve stress, pain. They also help aid sleep, and they also help aid inflammation. You can choose from products like gummies, tinctures, pain rubbing cream, and 10% of their profits from every sale go to the National Alliance on Mental Illness. So go to SoothLife.com, use promo code FINE10, that's P-H-I-N-E, 10, for 10% off at checkout. If you enjoyed the show, if you enjoy the show, it's a great way to support the show. We appreciate it. All right. We've got a little different one for a Monday. We've got John Jansen from The Line Change. John, when is The Line Change on Fox Toy the Gambler? Uh, 8 to 11, Monday through Friday. And then we also have Mark in Philly. Mark, when's your next podcast coming out? Uh, whenever I stop sucking at gambling. I like that. That's a good idea. Or whenever you don't fall asleep, Mark. It's been a rough weekend. It has been a rough weekend. Did Mark miss a radio spot? Absolutely did. What do you do in that situation? Uh, I just ranted about the Phillies. I, I have no idea what I talked about, but I think I talked about Aaron Nola being bad, and that's it. Were you just like, hey, and, Mark, uh, are you coming on? And just no response? Right. I, I sent him like 40, because I thought I missed it, because I was I was too busy on Twitter talking about the fact that I burped on air live, like accidentally. So I, I was tweeting about that, and I thought like, oh, crap, I'm about to, oh, I can curse on this podcast. Yeah. Oh, shit. Like, I'm about to go on air. Like, I got like, 30 seconds left until I'm on like I should call Mark or maybe call me and I missed it and so I kept messaging him like hey man I think I missed your call whatever and of course he's sleeping and didn't call at all Mark your defense <laughs> my defense is that I'm a sick sick man uh in in many <laughs> in many ways uh in gambling ways and then also in falling asleep an hour before radio hit without any forewarning sitting down watching Royals Indians and all the sleep all of a sudden, I'm a... Uh, oh, well, uh, I don't blame you there. You should fall asleep. <laughs> Save yourself. Yeah, who, know, who knows what was going on. That, that is... Uh, I was 100% looking forward to talking some NFL. So, have, thankfully, I'm uh, able to talk to John today. So, but before we do that, I want some reactions. Conor McGregor, I don't know if he broke it. He fractured it. He separated. I don't know. Whatever. He loses yesterday in the first round. The first round was absolutely awesome. Everything you wanted in a UFC fight... Mark, I'll start with you. Do we see Conor McGregor again in a fight that has title implications? Who knows? Uh, in terms of the title implications, I think he'll fight Poye again. Like I, I think that fight will happen again, and I think Poye wants it to happen, even though he talks about the title all he, all he wants, but he knows that he's going to make about double the money to fight McGregor. Sure. Uh, uh, so, and he knows that I don't think he's a, he has too much fear of losing to McGregor, so there's really no downside for Poye to do it again. I think that's the next fight. Uh, who knows how long it takes for McGregor to even recover from that. That it was just absolutely brutal. I, I mean, 
I, I think he was losing the fight. Like I, yeah. I think Poulier was handling him once, once McGregor got him into a guillotine. Uh, it's so funny. Like I'm not a diehard UFC guy, but once I watch a night of fights, I'm talking like I'm a, like I'm like I'm, you know, Joe Rogan, John Anik, or whoever whoever you want to say. I, I turn into I turn into some UFC expert. So as soon as McGregor got him into the guillotine, even I was like, "What are you doing, man? Stand up and start fighting!" You knew as soon as he was on his back, boy, I was just gonna start blasting him with shots. And the announcers were freaking out that McGregor would throw this foot, like this kick from his back, or throw yeah. a punch from his back and barely land. They'd be like, "Oh, what a what a strike from McGregor!" While Pouillet is just leveling him with elbows on the ground and they're not even like reacting to it but it seemed like it wasn't going to go well the rest of the fights for McGregor so it, oh, while it does suck to completely explode your ankle like that it is almost kind of nice for McGregor that he has that little excuse built in uh he doesn't have to just be like oh I got knocked out and I have to come up with so, like whatever I'm going to come up with my spin on this now he gets to use this as an excuse and for me I, my whole thing going in was that I, I want the allure around McGregor yeah. to exist still. I'm not a McGregor fan. I'm not a McGregor hater. I'm a casual UFC fan. But the WWE fan in me mm -hmm. respects all of the promo work and all the stuff around it. And it just feels like the rest of the UFC fighters need to get in line and understand that that is how you're going to level yourself up and make money. Be a yeah. personality, not just a fighter. There was talk yesterday that it was like, are you ever going to buy another McGregor fight? It's like, did you not remember Floyd Mayweather? Floyd Mayweather played defense for 12 rounds. Everybody bought every Floyd Mayweather fight. You're going to buy Conor McGregor fights. What do you think about that, John? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you're going to buy a Dustin Poirier Conor McGregor fight. Yeah. Like, come on. The, the, there's a built-in excuse. I just hope he keeps getting his ass kicked so eventually he gets in WWE. Like, that's the best part. So I you just, guys both don't seem like you like McGregor. I love McGregor. I love the pageantry. No, I love him, but I, I, he's a terrible fucking fighter. I don't want to watch his fights anymore. I, I would rather watch him in WWE just be cool and run his mouth. That's it. I, he, I, I don't, I'm tired of getting either him facing a fighter like Cowboy Cerrone that sucks and then he yeah. beats the shit out of him. And, and I'd rather just watch him you know do something else because he's well, just getting his ass kicked. why does he have such a, a fall from grace is his left hand just not as good as it used to be like i, I like i'm with mark like once i saw him on the ground i was like i don't think i've ever seen mcgregor on the ground in the history of him fighting like why does he suck now well, the UFC is just too quick. Like, oh, okay. I mean, you can. I mean, to me, it always feels like the the downturn just happens mm -hmm. so quickly in UFC. Like, how many fighters? What's what's the? I guess I'll ask you this, or like, kind of, because I'm curious. I have no idea. Like, what is the longest? I guess uh, fighter run. You know, not just title run. I guess, but like in their prime. Like, how long is somebody's prime? Like McGregor was great in his prime, but I, I just that doesn't last long to me. Yeah. It feels like a big problem is that when a fighter gets to relevance, they're probably about 70 to 80% done of their career. or prime. Yeah, really, it's like that? horse racing. Like once they, yeah. they, they're only able to do one run through all of the, the derbies and then that's it. Like their they're, they're horse racing career is over kind of thing. I don't know enough about UFC to be like, wasn't there like this guy who had, he had initials like SGP or something like that? Wasn't he around forever? Was he still good or something? GSP, yeah. GSP, yeah. He was. He was. So that's a, that's a good call because I, I know he was around for a while and he was winning title fights for a while. And was Liddell just, around for a while or was that kind of like – Yeah, but he, he's know? also another one that just started getting his ass kicked. But he was one that just took any fight and it was either he's going to get lucky with a right or get knocked out. Hmm. You know, so it, he was one of those. Yeah, it's, I, I don't know. It just feels like UFC now, there's, there's such a quick, you know, turnaround from – they're in their prime, but that, that prime is almost – they win a, a big fight, they're at their peak, and then 
just go way downhill from there. And I, and I think that era with Liddell and GSP is just way different. Like the, yeah. the UFC is just so much bigger. There's so many more fighters. There's mm-hmm. so many more just monsters ready to just step up when you even fall back just a little bit. Well, it's more and, of a sport now. It's not just yeah. it's not just maniacs beating the hell out of each other. They're, <laughs> you know, they're actually like coming in with. Are we strategy. doing a cage this weekend? Or are we just going to go out to the parking lot and fight? This right. Time? Well, like, yeah, uh, that's that's what UFC was. But yeah, that absolutely was like Chuck Liddell when he was fighting. That was that was a hundred percent. Like, yeah, we can do this anywhere. We just. <laughs> have to do it in octagon or else it's illegal um yeah so i mean i guess he's still in his financial prime like i, I don't buy ufc fights just you know i'm not a big ufc fan i don't, don't. care about the undercard Fuck i just dana white i just go to tiktok and just watch live dana, dana of, white's uh, gonna come after you kyle you shouldn't say fine. this you shouldn't say this on a podcast yeah I'm sure, if dana white finds this podcast and comes after me specifically that'll be good for the brand yeah that'll if you ever marketing. if you ever meet dana white tell him i hate him I will. Dana, uh, tell yeah, me some piece of shit. I like him. I think he's awesome. I think he's he's good for UFC. I think he's grown. Dude, obviously, he's a knockoff Vince McMahon. That's all. Uh, One thousand percent. Isn't life when you're in this when you're in the fighting game? Isn't that all about being Vince McMahon? Like, would you, whether you, would you want like AEW? Wouldn't they want to be like a knockoff Vince McMahon? Wouldn't right uh, or have like, want right. to be a knockoff Vince McMahon? Like the guy sells tickets. Well, if, if if you want some anger out of me and you want some vitriol, <laughs> let's talk all elite wrestling. But Besides that, uh, I, I, I agree with you. I, I, I don't hate Dana as much as John does, I think, but I, I think that he's a bullshit artist. Like, uh, I, I think Smoking he's a mirrors. artist. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, and I, I think the whole, the whole fight-making game and all, all, the back, all the back-end deals and stuff that go into it, I, I think it's nonsense. I, I think that there should almost be some sort of authority to make sure that the right people are getting the right fights and title fights. It seems like it's all nonsense. To me. Addison Ray is more credible as a broadcast journalist than Dana Wade is as a <laughs> uh, promoter or CEO of any company. That set a lot of people on fire. Fair. I loved it. I loved <laughs> it too. Listen, shake your ass on TikTok then, all right? I'll definitely shake. I don't have, yeah. a, I don't have an ass though. If any of us could do what she did and get to where she is and how popular she is, we would do it in a second. Yeah, there was In a tweet I saw. Second. It's like normalized, normalized put, uh, men putting pictures on Twitter. Like I saw that tweet and I said, there's a, there's a reason why we don't. Like there's no way. First of all, you're pressuring me. I don't want that pressure. Second of all, no, there's a reason why. You're lucky I have this video camera on for this podcast right now. Like, are they going to put Addison Ray on the red carpet? Or are they going to put some no name who no one cares about? So are they gonna are they gonna go and get her TikTok fan base, which are probably mostly women? So I don't really know how much they're paying for the fights and whatnot. But they're gonna get some of her TikTok fan base, the horny guys, and they're gonna get them to come over and watch UFC. And isn't that good for the, isn't that good for the brand? Isn't that good for the future? Yeah, I just wish they would have seen your tape. You know, your tape of uh, you know uh, interviewing bloody wrestlers like that. If they saw that, you would have been immediately on the right card. That was authentic. You're right. Yeah, there's right. no doubt. Authentic. Yeah, there was authentic. Yeah. That was for the love your, of the game. I there didn't was, see. I didn't see your ass, but you probably got a nice one. You know, there was uh, no contract deals. There was. There's not even. I don't even think there was any money uh, distributed. <laughs> that that was all for the love of the game. Okay. Um. Let's switch over to the COVID Phillies. Um. What a, what a be, segue. This might be controversial, uh, but this is the best time during the season to get COVID. If you're a team, <sighs> going into the All Star break. You have seven days, eh, five days to recover. Like this is the best time to get COVID. So the Phillies stay winning. The, the best time to get COVID, not to get political, 
is to not get COVID. <laughs> and, True. and to get a goddamn vaccination. But if you had to get COVID. I can't believe you just went political on us, Mark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, that was that was the most bipartisan political thing I've heard in the last twenty four months. Um, the, but no, really, I mean, like, listen, I think you could still get COVID if you do have the vaccine. I just know it's like the yeah, symptoms are less and whatnot. No one knows if they got this got the vaccination. I'm going to say they probably didn't. If you're looking at uh, sports from a whole, uh, it doesn't seem like any athletes care about getting the vaccination some do i think a lot more don't it wouldn't be a talking point if it, if it happened but yeah i think right now it's the best time to get covid for the all-star break during the all-star sure. break i think the entire team should just get it and cancel the season that'd be great are you out on the fills absolutely come on man we're gonna get chris bryant i don't know how this alec bone getting covid uh right we're gonna get deals chris with Bryan, his Craig Kimbrell in a package and they're gonna you know all of a sudden turn the no they philly stink man have you not seen the offensive firepower? Yeah, that's that's Brad Miller. That's that's great. But I also know that you know Aaron Nola. I'm you know I'm glad he's not pitching because he stinks. Like you four point five three ERA from your guy that's number two. Like Wheeler's great. The, the the problem with the Phillies is they're great from the top. You know they they have Harper, Real Muto are very good. Wheeler's great. But after that, it's just – it's a garbage team. And I don't know how long you can get a few guys to hide every single deficiency that you have. Are you auditioning for WIP on this podcast right here? Fuck them. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, Actually, hire me, please. I yeah. love you. I mean, but, like, <laughs> it would be really cool if they went all in. I think it would be. It, we're going to waste Bryce Harper's prime years if we don't. So why not go well, all in? How many well, times I, I, the, I, yeah. has a prospect uh, worked out and since Chase Utley, J, uh, Jimmy Rollins, and Ryan Howard? So I'll throw this to, to you guys. I just I don't like I don't know what, what the Phillies are going to do because it's one thing to like put a bunch of guys into your farm system, but you're also in a really tight window here. Yes. It's it's tough. And you also have to like fix your farm system before you just start bringing talent into it, and that takes a long time. Like the Houston Astros had to do it. That took almost like 3 years, 3 yeah. or 4 years. The Houston so Astros also didn't have a 300 million dollar contract on their payroll. So like right. you're right. Well, yeah, that doesn't that doesn't help either. But yeah, it's it's just I, they're in a really time sensitive situation and I, I just all of their fixes aren't easily fixable. And it's right. not fixed within a few months or even a year. What do you think, Mark? I guess I'm the positive guy. I'm uh, I'm sent here by the Phillies PR team. Uh, but yeah, I'm not really disagreeing with anything that anyone said. Besides, I will get on a stump and cape for my man Aaron Nola. He, he'll be fine. Um, but besides that, the Mets are pretty bad too. The Mets lost to the Pirates yesterday. My, my whole point is less about the Phillies and more about the garbage division that you're in. Now, maybe you can say, is it even worth making the playoffs? Is it worth pushing all that into the middle of the table for a team that stinks just because your division stinks? My answer would be yes, because it's been too damn long since the rally towels were out of Citizens Bank Park in October. And I, I, there's just, there's no, they're not going to sell at the deadline and get the prospects that we need. And that's not, it's not going to work perfectly. Like what are we going to sell Segura for these two prospects? And they're going to pan out and be perfect. Cutchin, Reese yeah, Hoskins. No. Like yeah. they're it's bringing the DH happen. to the NL, John. Reese Hoskins is going to be the best DH ever. 
<laughs> he's gonna be the Edgar Martinez of DH. He'll be the best DH for like three games at a time. And That's fine. He's on pace to hit somehow 35 home runs and have over 100 RBIs. He went on an over 35 streak and an over 23 streak this year. That has to be the first time so that's Reece, ever happened. Reese Hoskins to me, like, sure, a little bit divisive in like a Carson Wentz, Ben Simmons type of way. Be nice, sure. right? No, I know, but I, I'm sure there are some that love him, some that hate him, all of that. I don't understand him. I don't get it. I, I'd like, I, I can try and break down Reese Hoskins in a million ways, and I still wouldn't land on whether or not I think he's good. He's I, an I just, enigma. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he really is. I just, I don't. And I, I do a show with uh, a hitting coach, and even he is like, I, I don't get it. <laughs> it's like, I, I truly don't understand, like, what his approach is at the plate at times. You know, I don't understand, like, if it's a swing thing. He's, I just don't. I don't get it. I, I, I feel the same way. I have no idea what Shh, Reese Hoskins is. So why not buy? Why not just go all in? Because you know what? We got a $300 million contract, whether we like it or not. So we might as well just buy. Well, we they, might as well try to If they want to win, it. that's what they have to do. They have to do that. I mean, I wouldn't want to be Dombrowski. He has to hit on literally every move. Mark, finish this up, and then we'll get into the NFL. Unless you got this something might, to say, John. This might be the boring answer. I don't, think you, I don't think you should do much. I think, like, you know, go get an arm. Go get a reliever, know. maybe. Let it, let it ride. How are you going to get a job at WIP with that team? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, it's a little nuanced. It's not very, uh, it's not very hot takey. I'll have some hot takes later on once we get to football. But <laughs> you better, ju- Justin. T- <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll pull uh, I'll pull it up from the nose. But I'll, uh, I, I just I, I think that it comes down to the NL East, and we'll get to this in the NFC East. When your division is just as bad as the NL East appears to be, it's by far the worst division in baseball, especially now with Acuna going out last night, the nationals are not playing as good. Right. As baseball I, I as hated they were. to see that. I hated to see that. Yeah. Man. Acuna is so much fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Terrible for baseball. It's terrible for baseball. And then, I mean, the guy that me and John talked about on his, on his show last week, Kyle Schwarber, he goes out and gets hurt after he's lighting the world on fire. So both teams in the division, their hottest Put Shohei Otani in bubble wrap. Put him in bubble wrap now. <laughs> For, for sure. Uh, so uh, it really is going to come down to what team wants to win this division out of the Mets and the Phillies. Like I, I thought forever that the Braves were just going to figure it out at some point, get hot, and no one was going to be able to stop it. But without Acuna, I really don't see that happening. Not to make Acuna's injury like a discussion on actual baseball. It's obviously a shame. But with without Acuna, the Nationals are struggling again. It's, it's a two-horse race. And I mean, if there is, you know, Chris Bryan and Kimbrell for not depleting your already terrible farm system, maybe that's maybe that's a move you make. I'm just looking at small things, you know, like hit up the hit up the Royals for Danny Duffy, you know, hit up the 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 Diamondbacks for Merrill Kelly. Like I, I'm just looking at like small small little improvements in the back end of the rotation, small little improvements in the bullpen. And I think that the rest of the team will level up. I I think Reese Hoskins, going back to the DH point, once there's a DH in the NL, Reese Hoskins becomes a very good player. Like, Mm -hmm. I I think he becomes a very valuable asset. He is obviously, he plays first base like he's underwater. So he is a terrible fielder. And he's obviously really streaky. I kind of like the streakiness because it reminds me a little bit of that Ryan Howard, uh, you know. Don't you dare. T- Don't not, you not, dare I'm compare not, Ryan I'm Howard to, to Reese Hoskins. Ryan Same power numbers if you ask me. Ryan Howard's an Stop all-time, it. <laughs> Ryan Howard's an all-time Philly athlete for me, so I'm not comparing them. But I appreciate the streakiness in baseball players other than a guy like Gene Segura who may not hit a bunch of home runs, but he's very consistent. But – the problem with Reese has been these meatheads in Philadelphia that don't like people taking a first pitch until a strike have completely killed his walk rate. 
he's not walking at all anymore. He's not, and that's a problem. So that would be my only concern about Reese. Everyone, everyone's so concerned about the, the streakiness and the big slumps. I just want him to walk more. Listen, this team will- Why does Mark like boring? He's got a Greg Ward jersey behind him. That's boring. It's like, yeah. yeah, that's just like, that's a little boring. Um, <laughs> the thing about, about the Greg Phillies Ward. is though, this team is not boring and they'll keep you entertained the whole 162 games. Like it's fun. The highs and the lows are fun too. You can't, you can't say that going into uh, a game in the ninth inning up three and Hector Naris comes in, you're like, this gets a little fun. This is going to be a little fun. It was 11 two and, the, and they brought in <laughs> hammer. I was a little nervous with the bases loaded. <laughs> <laughs> is right. there a lead you feel safe with Mark? Like if, if, if the Phillies no. have any kind of lead, like no. is there a lead? You it was 15, 10 or 15, eight at one point last uh, against the Cubs. And I was like, That's nah, right. this is a little close. <laughs> all right let's get in the nfl preview um you guys are obviously way better handicappers than i am john you obviously lead a show monday through friday handicapping and mark if you don't tweet about gambling at least once every couple of hours i think you're dead so i, I do i should reach out more so let's get right into it the NFL preview, we're going to start off with the NFC East. Obviously, this is a Philly sports podcast. We got to do that. We'll go into uh, order of like top win totals all the way to the bottom, which the seller will be the Eagles this year. Um, my headline for the NFC East is, this isn't your two-year-old's NFC East. They're back. I think the NFC East is going to surprise a lot of people. Uh, we'll start with Dallas, nine and a half. Is there a win total? Overs plus 107, unders minus 130. Dan Quinn rolls in to help the defense. Johnny, what do you like right now, Dallas? I love Dallas. I do too. Uh, unfortunately, I yeah. really do. Uh, that passing offense, since Kellen Moore's taken over as OC, they have been the best, one of the best passing offenses in the NFL. Probably the only one better is the Chiefs. But that's just, the Chiefs are an anomaly. They're you know, one of the best passing offenses of all time right now. Uh, the, the Cowboys are very good with Dak Prescott under center and Kellen Moore is their offensive coordinator, and they just continue to get better. I, I, I think the big one is Dan Quinn. Mike Nolan was obviously a terrible de defensive coordinator. And once he left, you, you kind of saw immediate results in a way. So I, I, I think the Cowboys' defense definitely gets better. I, I think the Cowboys are very good. And to me, it's a little bit of a buy-low spot. I know it's always tough with teams like the Cowboys and the Yankees. You're never going to get you know, good odds on the, on the bending board. But just in terms of public uh, perception, I think the Cowboys are a little bit of a buy-low spot here. I think they do well. All right, Mark, the Hard Knocks team. What do you think? I'm on, I'm on the opposite side here. I'm not a big fan of this Cowboys is, team. Is this a homer pick? No, absolutely okay. not. I I'll, I'll, absolutely not. I'm on the opposite side of this Dallas team. I think that the biggest problem with this team is obviously defense. You guys seem to be bigger fans of Dan Quinn than I am. I, I think Dan Quinn was one of the Seattle defensive coordinators in a line of Seattle defensive coordinators that worked out. So I'm not necessarily the hugest Dan Quinn guy. I think he was one of the worst head coaches I've ever seen. Um, and I think he probably killed an Atlanta Falcons era of football where they should have won at least one Super Bowl. I thought Bowl. you were about to say claim that he actually killed an Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> Literal murder. Uh, now, I mean, people who saw twenty-eight to three might beg might beg to differ, but uh, I am not a I'm not a Dan Quinn guy, so that might be part of it here. He should be better than Mike Nolan, but even when you just look at you know what they added and what they lost to their defense, they lost like four starters on defense, and I don't see the people that they added that are going to step in right away. And like, I'm not the biggest Keanu Neal guy, yeah. and then this might be this might be going against uh, I don't know what the Penn State quotient on this podcast is. But Dallas 
had to go draft someone, especially at linebacker, who could cover. They went out and drafted Mika Parsons, who played 15 coverage snaps at Penn State. or I think it was 15, something in that range. He is not a coverage linebacker. And if he is, we haven't seen it yet. I think that they picked someone who may be a good player, doesn't necessarily fit and definitely doesn't fit in terms of needing to step in right away to win. I think they win seven games. Uh, I think they go seven and wow. 10. So I have them under nine and a half. And I actually have a no to make the playoffs bet at plus 123. I don't think they make the playoffs. So plus money here mm-hmm. to me is crazy. I think that should be around minus 130, minus 140 personally. So I am very confident that uh, Dallas will not win the division. So I'm looking at week two to 11. Their toughest opponents are New England, the Giants, and Minnesota. And I think that's where they win their share of games and whatnot. The back half is tough. The O-line was banged up the last couple of years. That's funny you said that, Mark, because they did absolutely nothing to address it uh, in the draft. Uh, I think they went defense the first four or five picks. But uh, I'm going to drop an advanced analytics stat on you. Hard knocks, the advanced analytics. Cowboys have the highest total since the Jets in 2010 at nine and a half. Mm. I think they go over, though. And by the way, to your point about the end of the year, I actually have them closing on a one and five run to close the year. So I guess that that helps out the seven and 10 record. But you're right. They definitely do have an easy path there leading into the bye and then coming out of the bye. The Washington football team, their win totals at eight. The over is minus 141. The under is plus 116. I am biased. I have a future on Washington. Mark, what do you think? I like Washington. Uh, I think this is is the team that's probably going to win the division. Um, This is who I have winning division at nine and eight. So it's not like I think that there's some – like I'm not on the Super Bowl future wave with you. I'm not as much of a Ryan Fitzpatrick guy as the rest of Twitter. I'm holding um, so, up for Aaron Rodgers. Like, that's a Aaron Rodgers <laughs> bet. Like, well, if he goes there, we're in trouble. But um, I, I like Washington's roster so much. Chase yeah. Young is a Hall of Famer in the future, in my opinion. Yeah, he so really is. I, I think that this roster is just unbelievable. You look at that D-line, even beyond Chase Young, and it is scary. That team is ridiculous. Terry McLaurin uh, is an absolute superstar. They added Curtis Samuel, a guy that not a lot of people know about, but he was fantastic with – Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback last year. So uh, I think that Curtis Samuel is a legitimate number two receiver. And then they drafted a guy in Diami Brown uh, from North Carolina, who's going to stretch the field for them as well. So it all comes down to Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick's never made the playoffs after playing in the league for the last 55 years. So that's definitely a concern. Uh, But, you know, this might be a way better situation that he's ever been in and he's the assumed starter. So, and I actually think that Taylor Heineke guy showed something in that Tampa game. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him play at some point if Fitzpatrick doesn't go well, which it always seems like in the middle of the season when Fitzpatrick gets a chance, he usually goes into a bit of a lull. But the rest of the roster is just too good for me to deny. So I think they win the division at nine games. Trends are meant to be broken. This is going to be the first back-to-back NFC East champion since 2004, I want to say. And uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to make the playoffs. So let's go. Johnny, what do you think, buddy? Yeah, that's my advanced analytics stat. How many, how many playoff games has Ryan Fitzpatrick started? None. Zero. My future is based on Aaron Rodgers. All right. Really? That's that's where you're gonna that's where you're gonna burn your money on. What do you want yeah. me to do? It's ten dollars. All right, ten to win five hundred. <laughs> all right. All right. That's fair. The ten has right. left that's the fun. account. The ten was not compensated or not accounted for in the account. What is that? A three unit bet for you? Four unit bet? For you? <laughs> <laughs> you probably might be right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that would be actually a ten unit bet for me. Uh, <laughs> no, I I I get the things with the Washington because yeah, Mark's a hundred percent right. That defense is so good, and it's it's hard to bet against that, but. I, I always think, you know, with, with the quarterback being the most 
probably important position in all of sports that that affects everything else. And I think you're going to see that we're going to talk about a team in Jacksonville. I think everything changes because the quarterback's going to get better and things, you know, the defense is going to get better. Wide receivers look better. You know, everything is going to look good because they have a quarterback that's able to facilitate all that. I just, I don't know if Ryan Fitzpatrick is that guy. Like I, he turns over the ball way too much. And, and even when he was playing well, Miami still a turnover machine. How does that, that's not conducive to good defense, you know, giving short fields, then easy points. And then your great defense is all of a sudden can't really show itself because you're giving up easy points. So I just, I don't know. I, I'm very skeptical of, of Washington, not saying, you know, I'm, I'm rushing to bet Dallas or anybody else in the NFC East, but I, I'm very skeptical, skeptical to the point. I, I don't know if I can bet on Washington. I just can't. It's, it's not going to be a sexy year. You're not going to see Washington on red zone. I well, that's what like, Fitzpatrick is, big play kind of guy. Like, yeah, that's but I don't exactly think it's it. going to be like this year, though. I think it's going to be very like – it's going to be like 2015 Broncos. There was like a 15-12 game in there. There was a 17-15 game. Just a lot of scoregami wins this year, I think, from, from the Washington football team. Scoregami. That just sounds great. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't even know what that means in a way. But you never seen the scoregami when there's like a different score that's never happened in NFL history. They tweet out that. Hey, oh, is that what they, okay? That's what. Okay. Yeah. All right, that makes sense. It sounds great though. I don't yeah. know. It sounds awesome. It sounds like something Chris Berman came up with. <laughs> um, Giants seven overs minus forty three. So a good amount of juice on that. Under is plus one eighteen. We all agree that Daniel Jones is the worst quarterback in the NFC East, right? Yes. John. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. John. I don't want to say anything. Well, if you think, if you know, die on your hill. Go ahead. I think, I'll, I think, we'll start you I, off. I think Jalen Hurts is the word. Oh! Well, three and a half games, John. It's been three and a half games. I mean, you, what are you, Chris Sims? You just evaluate guys after three and a half games? <laughs> At least I have him on the top 40, okay? Okay. Right. Yeah. Uh, the funny thing about Chris Sims was he didn't show me nothing, and then he's got, like, Kellen Mond on, like, on their, like, top 40. It's like, what do you mean? I can know Kellen Mond is too, but like, terrible. Get out of here with Kellen Mond stuff. I, I think he's terrible. He's better than Kyle he was so I kinda he like could, he I could be. Like, and I love John I know loves that's Kyle one, Trask. That's one I love Kyle Trask. And sure, I'm out on Kyle could, Trask. So we're I, I know I saw that. I saw that what was it? I guess training camp or like rookie camp that he threw a pick and his arm it like it looked like a noodle arm. It was so bad. And yeah. I get it. Like I'll be hand up like I probably got Kyle Trask wrong, but I, I don't think I'm wrong on Kellen Mond. I just I, Jalen Hurts, yes, like hasn't shown enough, but what I did see wasn't also wasn't good enough. Like I saw something like Ruben Frank and Ruben Frank's great. It's not like mm -hmm. I want to trash Ruben Frank, but he, you know, putting out like, Hey, if everything was perfect, you know, you take away the throwaways, you take away drop passes. He has like a 60% completion percentage. Like, cool. If everything was perfect for me, I would also be like a better radio host and on like WIP or something, you know, My or, or I'd be on ESPN radio, whatever it might be, but it's not perfect. And so even if it's, if it's perfect for him to only be 60%, which would be below Dwayne Haskins, which is insane to think about. My point to that would be that when you have Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray upside on the feet, it obviously makes 60% a lot more swallowable. And obviously but is, makes he, I, is his uh, athleticism reasonable. as good as both of those guys though? I think it's a step, it's a step below. It's a step below, but it's, it's, it's in the ballpark. Like it's, it's definitely no, in think, the ballpark. I think we're, we're more intrigued by the certain skill set that Jalen Hurts has, but it's just, I don't know if it's good enough because yes, I I'm, I'm with you. I would love a Lamar Jackson type quarterback. Like I think there needs to be more than the NFL because you can definitely win with that. But I just, I, I don't know if Jalen Hurts is that guy. We're intrigued by the skill set, but I don't know if the skill set is actually on par with, you know, guys like Lamar Jackson. 
I, I'm as high on her. I'm as, I, I've been high on her since Alabama. So I, I've been as high on Hertz as anyone over the last couple of years. And I'm, I continue to be, but this question going back to Daniel Jones is much more about Daniel Jones and Jalen Hurts to me. Uh, Kyle asked me earlier, was my Dallas uh, win total bias? I don't hate the Cowboys. Like most Philly fans hate the Cowboys. Like uh, they haven't been that good in my lifetime. Like they, I kind of like, I always kind of liked Tony Romo low key. Oh yes, download, Mark. But... No, 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 no. I, I will blast that. Me and you both. We're going to die on that hill together, buddy. I've, I've always felt, I even felt bad for him. Like when he was being blamed for everything, it was clearly not his fault. So I, I like Tony Romo. So I never hated the Cowboys. I despise the New York football giants. Unlike any team in sports, them and the Boston Celtics are in their own world of hate for me. Daniel Jones is the worst starting quarterback I've ever seen in terms of someone not like, not like, you know, someone steps in for one game. I'm talking about someone that a team is like, this is our starting quarterback for more than one year. Daniel Jones can't hold on to the ball. Like he, he fumbles every time he throws all these picks. He had a, we have like two nice runs last year. So everyone is freaking out. Faster than Lamar Jackson. Remember that Mark. They went six and 10. (laughs) They went six and 10 and then cried about not making the playoffs. I I despise the New York giants. I think they did a lot of good work. I like Kenny Galladay. I I like Darius Tony. I think they did a lot of nice things to their roster. I think Dexter Lawrence is a good player. Daniel Jones ruins any hope that that team has of being competitive this year, five and 12. Wow. John, what do you think, buddy? Yeah. Obviously like I can't say for sure. Like I think Daniel Jones is great or anything because he's not. And for the large part, you're right, Mark. He, he has one of, been one of the worst when it comes to just starting quarterbacks who are actually, you know, starter and team is invested in. He's probably one of the worst right now. Uh, but I, I think, I think we have seen good enough at points and I think they they have a good offense around him that we can finally see that. My my problem is with the Giants and and probably Jones is even if he does have let's just say he does have that breakout season and you know he's playing well, there's a limit to that in Jason Garrett's offense. Like Jason Garrett's offense is not able to uh, take advantage of, I guess of a, of a quarterback playing well just because he the volume isn't there, isn't ever there. So even if he does well, I just don't know. Like, I, again, I think there's a limit to that. And, yes, the Giants, look, I, I think Daniel Jones could be okay, and I, 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 I kind of hold out hopes for that guy being good because I, I like what I've seen at times. I just I don't know if it's ever going to happen, and especially with Jason Garrett there. So, I, yeah, I'm probably, I'm probably way out on the Giants. And I might go under, too. I, I might go under, too, as well. Well, don't dip your toe. Are you going under or are you going over? I'm going under. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm actually going over. And the reason being, and I don't like that I'm going over, but Dave Gettleman loves the headlines, loves winning free agency. It's never really worked out for him. I don't know why people continue to pay. I don't know how that guy has a job. Yeah, well, I'm not one of those. Right, I'm I'm not one of those that like you know you have to fire somebody like all that. I don't like to do that. But how does Dave Gettleman have a job? I mean, between him, Addison Ray is more qualified for her job (laughs) than. I, I feel like there's an over-under of one and a half Addison Ray uh, jokes on I'm this, gonna keep uh, on doing this podcast. It. Yeah. If okay. you know anything about me, I'm just going to beat this joke to death. It's, it's all I got. So hit the, hit the over on that one. Um, yeah, I don't know why you go out and pay a cornerback like Adderay Jackson, like that much money. Uh, when's the last cornerback that like worked out on, on, a, on a big deal getting that much money? Um, I oh, love Darius Ka- Slut. Well, it's, it's, yeah. it's crazy because Gettleman, Gettleman's the one to, to let these guys go. Like yes. you had Josh Norman and yeah. easily let him go. And then all of a sudden he's bringing them all. I just, I don't know. I don't so get I think the NFC is going to be better. I know you guys aren't really on, on that, my, my side, but does that include the Eagles though? So we'll get into that. 
next. And I, and I, I'm actually going under on the Eagles. Um, but for, to finish my giants point, I think they go over, I have them going four and four in the division could take two from the Eagles. So five and three, and they have four games between the Broncos, Raiders, Panthers, Falcons at home or one against the chargers and bears on the road, which basically chargers play away games 17 times a year. So I could see it. I could see it. So that's mine. I got over. And then I'll, I'll tell you Eagles six and a half. Minus 150 over under plus 123. The first six games, man, are brutal. The last six games are brutal. This team could roll over and die by Thanksgiving with a new coach. It doesn't have the makeup of that, a lot of veteran presence and whatnot, but it definitely could roll over and die. The four wins I'm most comfortable with, and I think they only win four games, five games maybe, is Raiders, Lions, Broncos, Jets. They're all away. Um, I think it's going to be a very fun season. I think it's going to be the most fun four five win team we've ever had in Philadelphia history. They're old. So whoever wants to go next. I'm willing to make a guarantee on this podcast. A okay. guarantee. This Eagles team will not win less than six games. They might win six, so they might go under. I'm not saying that they won't go under. This team will not win less than six games. Um, I think they win eight games. I have them at eight and nine. I really, really, if they went out and got like a Steven Nelson, if they brought in someone to help that secondary, it doesn't seem like they're going to at this point. Um, but if they were to have gotten a Steven Nelson or something like that, I would be going to the mountaintops and telling everyone to bet them to win the division. And I still am going to. I think if, you're one, if you want to make money betting on them to win this division. You think one cornerback signing could make them division favorites well i think that they're closer than you guys do clearly so I, I i have them right behind washington i have them coming in second winning eight and nine dallas at seven and ten and the giants at six and or five and twelve so i am really down on this division and like you said the last six games of the Eagles season are really hard i don't see it that way because it's giants jets washington dallas washington dallas or, or i forget if it's two dallas it's, or yeah two but it's, it's so many division games that i just feel like they just it, you know what? This is this is a cliche. Throw the records out, baby. And they're just going <laughs> to beat the piss out of each other the last, like, four, five, four games of the season. I guess I'm saying it feels like someone's – if Washington doesn't just win this division in a boring way, which is kind of what I have, it feels like one of these other teams is going to get hot at the end of the year and win those divisional games. I think the, the Eagles have the making of one of those teams where it's like, huh, you know, the rookie QB and the rookie coach – went together and they went to the playoffs and they got a four seed and they're going Nobody to lose in the first round. Yeah. And, or Dallas. It's, if Dallas could start off the season slow, if that gets hurt and then they come on strong at the end, the offense is so good. The giants, Daniel Jones, we were all wrong to hate on Daniel Jones. It just feels like all those teams have that, but the Eagles seem the most realistic to me. Like all, I think the Jalen hurts thing. I, for sure, I understand the doubts uh, that, you know, Jalen hurts can't be the QB of a contender one day. Maybe that's a legitimate thing. Maybe he can't take a good team to be great. I think Jalen Hurts is going to level this team up from maybe below average to average. Like, I think a running quarterback like that, and I think it's going to help Miles Sanders. I think Devonta Smith, obviously, we haven't mentioned him, looking fly last night at the ESPYs. Uh, I think Devonta Smith is going to be a superstar, so hopefully that happens as soon as possible. Uh, I'm not a Jalen Rager guy, so I have some doubts about the receivers, but this offense seems like it has the ability to be exciting and to go on a run at the end of the year. I think that they go eight and nine. I think they're right behind Washington. Um, I, I think it's going to be really close. I think if you bet Washington plus 260 to win the division and the Eagles plus 500 to win the division, you will cash out on the division winner. What do you think, Johnny? I, I can understand why there is excitement. 
because there's there's so many unknowns yeah. with the Eagles. Like there's we don't know anything about them. You know, we don't know anything about the coach. We don't know anything about the quarterback, the wide receivers. The Even if Devontae Smith is great, the linebackers. Like we don't. Rodney McLeod's coming back from an injury, and he's probably uh, outside of Darius Slay, one of the best in the secondary. And you know, we just there's so many of I I have no idea, but that also means that if things do go well, like there there has to be like okay. Sure, I think Devontae Smith could have a great season. Sure, I think Jalen Rager could be much better and improve. Sure, Jalen Hurts could be great, but can that all happen at once? You know, it's just, I, it feels like I'm expecting so many things to go right that it, it feels like that, okay, it's just kind of unrealistic to think that it's all 100% going to be okay. Yeah, I just, I, it's a lot. It's a lot to think of for the Eagles. And I, I, it's a work in progress. I would say it's going to take time. And sure, I, I think Mark's right. They're one team that's you know probably a, a candidate to do very well at the end of the season it's just I don't know what position they're going to be in once they're at that spot so I just I'm, I'm very I, I have no idea what the Eagles are but I'm very concerned of, of what they could be because I just I think they're a work in progress do you sure. think it's gonna be fun though I think it's gonna be a fun season absolutely because yeah, yeah you're, you're gonna see you're gonna figure out who Jalen Hurts is you're gonna see Devontae Smith flashes of how brilliant he is I, I guarantee you're probably gonna get a game or two with Jalen Reagan where you go ah that's why he was a first yeah. round pick like yeah it's, it's gonna be exciting because the expectations aren't there and you can just whenever these guys do well then you can go okay well that's what I wanted to see that's great but after a while, though, the expectation comes you have to win games and you have to put it all together for more than one game, stay consistent. And that's when, that's when probably at the end of the season, I'm just – I don't know. I, I, it's hard to, to imagine, I think, this Eagles season going so well. Jalen Hurts is one of the most confident people I think I've ever heard talk. And in a, in a, in a league where you can say the right him. things and just get away with it, I legitimately find myself just captivated by Jalen Hurts just when he talks. And I like, you actually believe him. So like someone had a tweet, I think it was Seamus Clancy being like, this guy dresses too good to not be a good quarterback. Like G-Baby stuff, Permian Panthers, like the all white suits uh, coming into Oklahoma games. Like he's just, he's everything you want in a quarterback. The dude got benched as a national champion yes, quarterback yeah. and handled it with class and then came back a year later, stayed at the college, and stepped up when they needed him in the yeah. playoffs. He's just, he's just a consummate professional, in my opinion. I think he's just the type of guy that you'd want leading your team. And black quarterbacks have a history of being great in, in Philadelphia, which is, which if, is crazy. If you know stat. me, if you know me, yeah, you know advanced I'm analytics anti-white yeah. quarterback. <laughs> advanced <laughs> analytics. Don't, dra- don't have a white quarterback in Philadelphia. That's my advanced analytics. You know what? I've been. We're going over. That's been my Madden plan for twenty years. So they're just catching. Up oh to my me. god! It is. I signed my backup <laughs> quarterback every Madden year is Josh Johnson. I I sign him <laughs> every single time because he's great. My if my franchise quarterback gets hurt in Madden, I have a running quarterback in Josh Johnson. That's awesome. Dennis yeah. Dixon back in the day. Yes. Oh, absolutely. 100%. <laughs> my my guy was uh, my creative player was Kyle Pagan, but the sliders were all, all the way up and they were always black. You can't have a ninety nine speed with, <laughs> and run around with a white guy who's six five. <laughs> just not not how just not how god created people all right that's probably the longest we're going to go through division because we're all nfc east fans you mean Uh, not going to break down every single team i was looking (laughs) forward to that um nfc west rams 10 and a half over plus 115 under minus 139 i have a lot of ram stock i love matt stafford i'm so excited to watch him just get out of football purgatory football hell and see what he can really do uh, Johnny, what are you thinking on the uh, on the Rams? 
Yes, I would. I would say yes. Because um, the Seahawks still, I don't. I don't know. Like obviously with Russell Wilson, he's great, and the offense should be really good. But that that team's it. The Seahawks have been kind of a funk like the past couple of years. They really have been. Yes, I can point to Russell Wilson and say he's been fantastic. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I truly believe that. Like I think that guy should have an MVP by now. But I, that Seahawks team, there's something off with them. You know, and I, I just don't know at plus 275, which I'm seeing. I don't know if I like that. But, yeah, I can say – I can convince myself on the Rams number because they're the same as the 49ers. And I get the 49ers have talent. But there's a reason why they had to draft the quarterback, you know, third overall. And if Trey Lance does start, there's going to be some growing pains. No matter what. Like, no matter what, there's going to be growing pains because it's a rookie quarterback. Every single one goes through it. Uh, so, I, I just think the Rams are in the best spot. I think the 49ers can make the playoffs for sure. But in terms of – you know, a team that is really ready, I think, to take the division, it's probably the Rams. And I like it's around the same price as the 49ers. Go ahead, Mark. Yeah, I have the Rams uh, winning the division. Um, I have them at 11-6, and six, over 10.5. Uh, but So the over is actually not where I would be looking at for value. Where I'd look at is plus 190 to win the division, plus 600 to win the conference, and then plus 1,300 to win the Super Bowl. This is my Super Bowl pick. I think the Rams uh, have the pieces to go and do it. Uh, I'm not even, like, I wouldn't say I have like an, an opinion on Matthew Stafford. I think he's Matthew Stafford. Like I, I'm not necessarily too high or too low on him. I think he's very good, but you inject that into a team that has Robert Woods and Robert Woods and uh, Cooper cup out wide. You have cam makers behind you. I'm not necessarily that high on from a fantasy perspective, but a good running back, good O line. And then on defense, you have two of the top five best, defenders in the NFL in Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey when you have that talent you just have to kind of piece together the rest around it I know that they lost John Johnson uh, that is a big loss for their defense but I think that they're going to be able to piece it around those guys and I think Stafford obviously raises that level so high so they may not win 14 games because that division is so hard San Fran's going to be so good Seattle's going to be so good Arizona I'm not even that high on Arizona they're probably going to be the best last place team in football though so that division is brutal and uh, so I think they win 11 games. I don't necessarily uh, want to bet they're over, but I think they are my Super Bowl pick. I'm right there with, uh, with Rams at 11. Um, I just feel like Stafford. I mean, if he didn't have a good game last year, you couldn't find another piece of the Lions that could win that game for you. This year, he can have a bad game, and the defense can win you that game. Mm-hmm. He had three game-winning drives last year. Jared Goff has had two, uh, has won in the last two seasons. It's just that that's just another wrinkle to it. They lose Brandon Staley, number one defense. They'll be top five still. I'm not too worried about that. Like I said, I'm buying a lot of Ram stock. If you miss the Sean McVay ball washing, though, it's back, baby. The last two seasons, we didn't have to really hear about Sean McVay and his stupid photographic memory and how much of a wonder kid he is. But holy hell, they're going to shove Sean McVay down your throats. So, I might be in the I might be in the minority. I like McVeigh. I like, I like him too, but I don't like when ESPN just does a whole segment on him because he can remember. Isn't it weird he has a podcast? Like I find that weird. I do too. His NFL coaches are so closed uh, yeah. in, in private, and it's it's weird to have him there. See him have a. Doesn't podcast. he do it with another coach? I, um, I, he does it with Peter Schreiger, I think. Yeah, the NFL Network guy. On. Yeah, they they did with Kingsbury. On. I think they have him. They they bring them on to the show. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I, I like the Rams at 11. Someone I'm not high on, 49ers, 10 and a half. The overs plus 107. The unders minus 130. I might have read this one for the Rams, but the Rams, whatever. Um, does the Super Bowl hangover get pushed back since everyone was hurt last year? People are asking. 
I, I think I think Kyle Shanahan is just too good of a coach. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think I actually if you look at San Fran's schedule, it actually doesn't start too too hard. So I think it'll be interesting to see what they do at quarterback from day one. Or are they going to start Lance? Because I actually think that could give him a runway to kind of work himself into the position. Or are they going to start with Jimmy G and then be in this weird situation where they're winning all year with with Trey Lance, who they obviously want to play. But I think that roster is just too good. I think Kyle Shanahan's just too good. Um, they had the year from hell last year and stayed competitive. So I, I think that they're going to win 11 games to actually have them winning the same amount of games as LA and making the playoffs as a wild card. Um, but I, I get the, I, they wouldn't be my Super Bowl pick because of what John said in terms of Trey Lance. You can't be a hundred percent sure of Trey Lance or Jimmy G as your quarterback going into what you're hoping is a Super Bowl contending season. So I give the Rams that nod there. The 49ers are probably a more complete roster though. Yeah. And that, that's the thing with the 49ers is that I know they're, they're definitely a complete roster and they're a very good team, but in, in this division, I think Mark did point it out. Like it's, it's competitive and the Cardinals might be like the best, you know, last place team in all of football. You know, it's, it's that, it's that good of a division where you can't have a misstep or two. And unfortunately with a rookie quarterback, which Trey Lance is eventually going to start like Jimmy Garoppolo will not be the starting quarterback for the 49ers for long. If, if he does start the season, but it, that means, you're again growing pains you're going to have a few games that you maybe lose because of it and that's going to ultimately cost the 49ers the division I think they still make the playoffs I still think they're a good team but yeah it's just you can't have many missteps in this division and with the way their their quarterback situation is they're probably going to a few times I don't know I think 10 and a half is high for for a team with a rookie quarterback I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo starts I think he gets traded um, before the season. Really? I do. I, do. I, I don't know two? why. Why go the, up? Do you have a team in mind? I don't have a maybe? team in mind, but I just don't see him being there. Like, why would you go up and get some guy, uh, trade all that capital to go up and get someone at three? I just can't believe he's not a Patriot at this point already. <laughs> it feels like it feels like it should have already happened. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of places I feel like that that need quarterbacks. I mean, it should be Pittsburgh. Honestly, Pittsburgh should look into them, but they won't. Why? Pittsburgh would be great. That's a good call, Mark. I, I would love to see Jimmy Garoppolo in Pittsburgh. Absolutely. I actually think, he, I actually think they could be successful, yeah. Yeah. So I looked into it. Only 11 rookies have won 11 games in their, fir- in their first year. Robert Sala leaves. It's a lot of work to put in on a rookie. This is me just going off a of Trey Lance starting like 11 games were a rookie to win in this division. I mean, the guy played against UC Davis two years ago. Now he's going to go up against Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, Jamal Adams, and JJ Watt. Things are going to be a little different than uh, playing the school of the blind. I, I generally agree, but I do think he has Josh Allen upside. Like, and maybe that just shines through right away. I actually didn't think he was very NFL ready. So I, I would have ranked him probably fourth in terms of NFL readiness in terms of the quarterbacks. But I, uh, I do think he has insane upside. Maybe that shines through. But I, I generally agree that I wouldn't want to start him right away. So that's why I actually do think Jimmy G starts week one. That was impressive by Mark because Kyle just threw in there at the end, the school of the blind, and Mark just didn't miss a beat with the analysis. <laughs> that was so well done. And his, and, his, and his girlfriend teaches blind kids, so I thought he was going to be like, yeah, not my girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I just, I, I was watching, I was, I'll be honest with you. I'm not breaking down tape. I'll never be a tape guy. I was watching highlights. Every throw Trey Lance You're not had, a football guy? No, I'm not a football guy. I'm a guy on a podcast who speaks into, I'm like, <laughs> um, I'll be, a, I'm, I'm a real podcaster. 
I don't fake like I watch tape. I was watching highlights. I only watch highlights. I got no time. I don't got time for for tape. Right. That's my favorite thing when people are doing uh, NFL dressed. I'm like, I watch the tape. Like, no, you watch the guy's highlight reel. Yeah, you watch the guy's highlight. Well, hey, now, guys, you're literally talking (laughs) at me. So, so, I mean, at some point, I have to stick my hand up and call myself a tape dog. Uh, Hey, listen, I I respect the tape dog. My brain would would turn off. My brain turns off. I turn off action movies. My brain can't do tape. Really? You can't watch, like, action movies? I watched um, Tomorrow War. Uh, the Chris Pratt movie. How hard on Amazon? No, not bad. Really? Yeah, I'm not a movie guy either. I, I don't have the brain for 90 minutes. I have I'm a half an hour. The Office, uh, Arrested Development. Um, oh man, I'm a driver huge movie for guy. the Formula One show. I'm crushing that because they're all half an hour. I need I need a breakup. My 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 synapses don't run like that. I'm so invested in movies. I like I'm I'm one of those where I, I cry almost like every single movie. I, I always wanted movies. to be a movie guy. I always wanted to watch the Oscars before the Oscars came out and I told myself this is the year. Then I tell myself next year this is the year, then the year after that. And this has never happened. So why be someone that I'm not? Here's the thing about me and my content in terms of the tape dogging that I do. I always am consuming content. If I'm not working, I am literally consuming content and usually it's two at once. So usually I'll have a game on the TV and I have my phone going for the tape and I have my notebook going for the notes. So I am just, my girlfriend absolutely loves that I sit around watching tape of uh, tight ends, by the way. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, no, it's really good. Um, (laughs) Healthy relationship. But I, uh, I, I definitely love doing it for ba- for football more than basketball like i'm trying to get my nba draft research in right now and for some reason maybe it's because the e or the sixers aren't at the top of the draft i am struggling mm-hmm. at grinding quentin grimes tape uh from houston like it, it, it's a struggle for me right now usually it's not but i'm in football mode at this point too so i think that's part of it but anyway back to the nfc west <laughs> yeah. I, all i was gonna say is every touchdown that trey lance threw the north dakota state receiver was five yards well, yeah, you, the, you're the, 100% uh, right. Like, he didn't, he didn't throw a lot in, in North Dakota. Again, he had, like, one season and that weird game that he played, you know, this season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, like, yeah, he, they, they dropped him back maybe, like, 20 times a game. He just mm-hmm. doesn't – even if you watch the film on, on Trey Lance, like, sure, you could find a few throws that are great, but there's not a lot of it. Like, there's, and not to his fault. Yeah. It's just he, he didn't have the opportunities to. He, he, he's definitely a work in progress. Like, he needs the time to develop he, that. He does a great job of, of getting out of the pocket. But then again, it's like you're not playing. And I hate this argument because I, 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 was, I, was I was all over Carson Wentz when he's coming out of FBS schools. And I don't think FBS schools just because. But the competition is there. When the, when the pocket is collapsing with Aaron Donald and J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones, it's a lot harder to escape. And you also can't run over guys. He was running over dudes and in FBS or FCS. Yeah, it's, that's part of the learning curve, right? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, it's a learning curve of knowing, you know, the competition you're going up against and how to deal with, with more talent or better talent on the other end. Like, that is part of the learning curve, for sure. But it's almost like a Ben Simmons situation. Sorry to even bring his name up, but... Un- it would have been unbelievable. Podcast. I'm, I'm done. done. <laughs> I'm, I'm done. I'm off of this out. podcast. But I always said that if Ben Simmons would have been drafted by a team that had the luxury of being bad he would have had a different career. If he would have came out in his rookie year and not stepped onto a 50-plus win team with expectations to go to the playoffs and to compete right away, and every shot needs to be a valued shot, I think it would be a different thing. Trey Lance is walking onto a team where he doesn't really have the runway 
for these rookie problems that other rookie QBs have. Like he can't have Joe Burrow's season from last year Mm -hmm. pre-injury. Like it's all like, that was all just like shits and gigs kind of just to see what Joe Burrow did and who they should keep around them. It feels like Trey Lance is walking onto a team that is like, all right, we're going to compete for a title with you right away. And that's, that's an interesting, it's a lot of pressure on Trey Lance. So we'll see if they start him day one, that that's going to be a really interesting thing to, to say. I think this team is out on Jimmy G. I really do. I don't, I, I don't, I mean, I don't think Shanahan was the biggest fan of him last year. I think we're, we would be a season away from having a McVay kind of golf relationship. Shanahan does not like, I yeah. guarantee it does not like Garoppolo. I think it, I don't think that they have too much concern about his play on the field. He just can't stay healthy. So stay healthy. Yeah. 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 They, their record with him in is outrageous. Like they, they're like, I, 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 I I should know the number. I, I don't know what the record is, but okay, they Mark, that you don't know one stat. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I, I think that they, they've been really successful with Garoppolo, so I wouldn't be surprised to see them go back to him, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him be successful. Yeah, it, it feels like – I'd be surprised like, to see him stay healthy. Yeah, it, it feels like – in Kyle's right, it feels like the McVeigh golf situation. Like, and, and I know golf – didn't play well last season, but I think all of the problems stem or, or kind of grew before that. And you could say like, Hey, his numbers look good. He's playing well the season before, obviously 2020. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that's where, you know, I McVay was starting to see, all right, you're leaving plays out on the field. You're not doing it perfect the way I want it a hundred percent. And I think that's what Shadowhead's going. Yes, they're successful. And Jimmy Garoppolo, you could probably say, yeah, doing, doing well when healthy. But the the problem is I think he, he leaves so many plays out on the field where I feel like Kyle Shannon's like, I could definitely get something, someone better that can run this a lot better than Garoppolo can. There was a couple throws in the Super Bowl that he missed that he should have oh, hit. That absolutely. They, they should have won. Yeah, yeah they, they should have won, won that Super Bowl. He threw Bowl. eight yeah. times in the NFC Championship. Like, the, Can you believe that the 49ers won a fucking playoff game throwing eight passes? Yeah. Eight passes. They took, took football back to 1920 before like Teddy fucking Roosevelt was around. <laughs> you, can, you can do that when you're Kyle Shannon. And you turn every running back that plays for you into Dalvin Cook. It's I, insane. Watch Even out guys for, are, watch like out for G- Trey Sermon. Like Jeff Wilson, right? Like came out of nowhere. Mostert. Uh, yeah, Mostert. Unbelievable. Stop. All right. Let's move on. I thought <laughs> NFC West was going to be a, a lot little of 49er faster than the NFC East. We have a this lot one's of quick, I feel like. We already did Seattle. Uh, yeah, Seattle nine and a half over minus one thirty nine under one fifteen. Quick one, Mark. What do you think? I haven't winning nine games. I don't really have too much of a take. They're okay. a good team. Russell Wilson's good at football. Defense is questionable. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. It's it's been that way for two years, and it's going to be that way this year. They didn't address that. For sure. Did we forget that Russell Wilson hates the the Seahawks franchise, and they've always been a franchise that have always had internal issues? Deshaun Watson and Aaron Rodgers certainly took some of the shine away from Russell Wilson. Really uh, did. Yeah, campaign. Uh, since 2012, Russ has won less than 10 games only once. So I'm actually going to go over Russ, on this Russell one. Wilson is not good at being like a bad guy or confrontational. Like, well, that's the thing. It, it, and he's I know now we're, now we're going to go on this, this this tangent. When he walks out of the the quarterback's room because he wasn't you know given offensive leeway and stuff, I agree with Russell Wilson on that. Yeah. I'm an MVP caliber player. I know I adapted less, let Russ cook, and it's kind of cringy that he adapted his own hashtag kind of. Um, but seriously, like there's a reason why if, if the season was eight weeks long, he would have like three MVPs. Yeah. Like at one point, Pete Carroll, stop taking the ball out of Russell Wilson's hands. I know you're still thinking about the Super Bowl game against the Patriots mm-hmm. five years later, but like it's one play. Get over it. You don't have a defense, so you might as well just sling the damn ball. Right. Well, you might as well modernize your offense, which Seattle hasn't. I mean, it's very 
it feels like such a basic offense. And, you know, they, they, they want to be run first and they want to have that Marshawn Lynch type. Great in the playoffs, but you got to be able to get to the playoffs and be a good team before that. And they're, mm-hmm. just, they're just not at this point. They're, they're okay. It's not like they're a bad team. No. But, yeah, Mark, Mark nailed it. Like, and it's so simple. They're good, not great. Like, that's yeah. that, that all it is with Seattle. All right, let's move over to the Cardinals. Cardinals 8 over minus 134, under plus 110. I think this number is Vegas doesn't trust Cliff Kingsbury. That's what I think why they're 8 right now. Uh, it's DeAndre Hopkins. It's A.J. Green. If Christian Kirk doesn't get 1,000 yards out of the slot, I mean, no one's going to cover him. It's, it's an insane offense. I love what they did in the offseason. J.J. Watt, now he's paired with Chandler Jones and Isaiah Simmons. Buda Baker's in the secondary. That's all they got in the secondary. Patrick Peterson's gone. Um, but I think a team with J.J. Watt, that veteran presence, leads this defense to kind of over overachieve. Uh, Mark, I'll start with you. What do you think on the uh, Cardinals 8? Yeah, I'm not a fan of this team uh, or what they did this offseason, really. Um, so their over-under is 8. I have them at 7 and 10. Okay. Um, I think AJ Green's washed. I think JJ Watt is a lot more named in value at this point. Um, and I think Larry, I mean, Larry Fitzgerald's gone, but I, I, I just think that this team has so many problems. The O line can't block, and they're also like too tall for the short, the little short guy to see over, um, which I'm allowed to say I'm five foot six. So <laughs> I, I'm allowed to make fun of short people, but Kyler Murray's height became a problem towards the end of last year. I think it's hard for anyone to have watched those games and not say that. Um, he wants to do this thing where I'm a pocket passer. I stay in the pocket, and every time he does that, he does it for too long, and then he can't see. So it becomes a problem where you can't complete a pass. He needs to get out of the pocket literally as much as possible. And maybe that's different this year. Maybe they have more help. They, have, they lost Kenyon Drake, who's a good blocking running back and also a good piece to throw to and was pretty good running the football last year. Now they're going to Chase Edmonds and James Conner, who I think is a bum. So I, I think that they don't have much of a running game. I, I have serious doubts about their secondary. Um, I have serious doubts, doubts about their defense in general. I think Cliff Kingsbury is a bottom five coach in the league. Um, he was terrible at Texas Tech. He's even worse in the NFL. Um, I have a lot of doubts about this team, and I think – like. That might all all that that I just said there could be construed as me hating Kyler Murray or something. I think he's got a lot of upside. I think he, he's a player you have to build around very specifically. But for some reason, Kyler Murray doesn't get this backlash and this anger that Lamar Jackson does, even though Lamar Jackson wins about double as much. So if you can't tell, I love Lamar Jackson. I have his East Coast bias. I mean, East Coast bias. So that's why <laughs> Kyler Murray doesn't get. As much. We're, we're talking about the Cardinals. I made it in a Lamar Jackson conversation, but I uh, I think that they've got a lot of problems, and I think Kyler Murray can be good and can compete in the NFL, but you need to build around specifically, and they haven't done that. I like that you didn't let James Conner surviving cancer give a real grade on your analysis <laughs> of him. I, that's a real football guy move right there. I really like that, Mark. You're, you're an authentic guy, and I like that. Uh, I'm going over. If you don't know, I like overs. I think I, you can convince me about any team, I guess besides the Philadelphia Eagles, to go over. I like this team. You did kind of sell me good mark on kyler murray when he gets out of the pocket i don't really wince a lot when people get hit when kyler murray gets hit he takes shots so like this team goes as kyler murray goes so if he misses any kind of games he had a shoulder injury last year yeah if he misses any kind of games like this team is i don't even know who the backup is anymore could be kevin cobb for all i know john what do you think i think i love kevin cobb i wish he was back that makes Um, one guy on the spot um yeah i I love the talent. I love the talent last season, and I thought they were going to win the division last season. That was, like, one of my surprises. Like, I think they can make the playoffs, make a lot of noise. Like, this was great. 
and the the thing is, what I saw throughout the season was, holy crap, they are talented. Like I I I know I was all in on them. But like they they legitimately are really damn talented. And Cliff Kingsbury just lights that on fire, just throws the gasoline on it and lights it on fire and does and just burns it to the ground. He's he's a fucking awful head coach. And I just I can't I can't bet on the Cardinals because of that. And that's and that's legitimately the only reason. Because I, I love the talent. And Mark, you know, certainly good points about Arizona. You know, there there are certainly some deficiencies and weaknesses there. But I think overall, like the talent is just so good. And it bailed out Arizona in a few games, but Holy shit, man. Kingsbury sucks as a coach. And he uh, just, it's going to ruin Kyler's tenure in, in Arizona. Uh, I just, it sucks. Cause he's Cole McCoy is the backup, by the way. So is they're he? fine if, if Kyler gets hurt. Cole McCoy's coaches. in Arizona? Yeah. He'll he'll win wow. he'll win fourteen week fourteen and week fifteen. How many people listening to this podcast just found out Colt McCoy is in Arizona? I didn't know. I'll raise my hand. I have a I have a couple Texans guys I have for you guys later that I'm going to say, hey, all the Texans are off the Texans. It's it's you know, pretty funny. <laughs> I'm not as I'm not as uh, low on AJ Green as you are, Mark. I think Cincinnati is just a, a, an island of, of of misfit wide receivers. I think he hated his whole t- whole career and and AJ Green. I could see a resurgence. I mean. Them two, DeAndre Hopkins and AJ Green, paired up is well. Insane. Christian Kirk's great too. Like, yeah, it's, it's they're yeah, all they're really almost good. Almost a thousand yards last year. I mean, yeah, they're, they're all very there. good. Don't sleep on Andy Isabella. Right, Andy Isabella is great too. He is. But James Conner sucks, right? Oh, dude, I, I didn't see. I didn't. I'm not going to make the joke. I was going to make. I so. will not say that. About <laughs> <cancer survivor. laughs> I, I didn't see. I didn't see. Uh, I can't say. I can't even choke it out. I can't even choke it out. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> All right. Uh, the NFC South, Bucks 11.5 over minus 125, under plus 103. I think 11 is right on the nose for them. They're at 11.5. I think 11 is perfect for them. Only Super Bowl team that has ever uh, returned every starter from the year before. They were also the most healthiest team in the NFL last year. So they got JPP, who's 32, Sue's 33. They didn't have much depth. They I were love how you talked about healthy, and then you bring up JPP. And yeah, I don't I mean, think you can ever call that that hand healthy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, for the resurgence that that guy has, put him in the Hall of Fame just because he's really, honestly, you're playing right. with a disadvantage. He's playing with a club. Um, yeah, I just I don't think this team stays healthy as good as they stayed healthy last year. Um, I don't like betting against the goat. You don't make money betting against the goat, but I think eleven is right on the nose. So I would go under plus one hundred three at eleven. Mark, what do you think about the uh, Super Bowl champs? I have them at twelve, but I, I hear what you're saying. Uh, I think eleven, twelve is the correct number. The only reason I ended up having them at twelve is because I don't really love any other team in this division. I, I'm just telling you now. I'm going under on the rest of the division. Um, I, I think that they're not going to have a lot of competition for the top of this division and that that's going to allow them to sail. And then just since I don't have much to say on Tampa, quick little fantasy nugget out there for you. Antonio Brown is being way, way underdrafted. So watch out for Antonio Brown. He was awesome to close the year. I get that people are concerned. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown. Most of them were active during most of the games that Antonio Brown did well in last year. So watch out for him to be a top 30 fantasy receiver this year. All right, Johnny. Yeah, it's 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 hard to bet the Buccaneers just because you know they're they're priced well. I think you you mentioned that, Kyle. Like they're yeah, they, the the win totals right where it should be. They're minus two hundred in the win division, which is right where they should be. Uh, so yeah, and I I would just say I'm not betting the over eleven. Like I wouldn't even think about it because the Buccaneers don't need to win that many games. Like yeah. if this is this is a team that's just get into the playoffs and you're going to it's it's they're 
they're just like the, you know, basketball, like the Nets, you know, like the, they're, they're going to just be healthy and wanting to play in the playoffs. But during the regular season, I don't think they're really going to be that motivated to try for, you know, 12, 13 wins. I just, I don't know if the motivation is going to be there. I could be totally wrong, but I'm just going to throw this out there. You can fact check me. I think they're the first team that was a wild card to win the Super Bowl since the Ravens back in 12. Flacco, yeah. Yeah, so Flacco. So, like, you're exactly right, John. It's like, just get, just get me to the playoffs. And I think yeah. the NFC South, you know, the Saints, no one knows who's going to play quarterback. Falcons, the GM said they're not rebuilding. It's never good when you say you're not rebuilding. And, and, and then you have the Panthers. Especially who, when you have knows. to rebuild. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, you, don't, you don't believe in Sam Darnold? <laughs> I don't know yet. I, I all I have on my notes. Well, actually, you know, we'll skip the Panthers right now. Panthers seven and a half over plus one ten under minus one thirty four. I have written down Sam Darnold, Matt Rule, Joe Brady. I don't know anything about this team, so I'm just going to go over because I love Matt Rule and what he brought to the Temple football program. So, Mark, what do you think? You seem to have an opinion on him. I like Matt Rule a lot, and I anyone who followed me months and months ago knows that I would have personally. Uh, I think donated about $10,000 per year for Joe Brady to be our head coach, but um, that was donate that to me. If you want, yeah, yeah. that was, yeah, I got so much, uh, you know, seriously. But I, I really like Joe Brady. I, I believe in that guy to make anyone better. They are really testing my patience by taking my least favorite draft prospect of all time. And Sam Darnold, mm. uh, that's a guy, like, I have draft children. I always like to say, like, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, and then I have failures. Lamar like, Jackson, the over-under was, like, five and a half. He was going to yeah, be Mitchell's yeah. pod. We just oh, blew I, past I'm, in, I'm in love with Lamar Jackson. If you didn't, if <laughs> by you Mark by himself. Yeah, uh, I am Lamar Jackson over here, basically. <laughs> but um, I, I, I absolutely cannot stand Sam Darnold. I, I've never understood the Sam Darnold thing. He's been the golden boy since high school. I've been here as a Notre Dame fan, which, by the way, another just like if anyone hasn't, if anyone doesn't hate me by the time we're at this point of the podcast, there you go. I'm a Notre Dame fan. Um, but what? Yeah, yeah. But so I've heard about Sam Darnold, USC, for, for five years before he went to the NFL or whatever, like years before he got to the number three pick, never understood it, throws too many picks, sees ghosts, as he would say. Uh, I've never understood the Sam Darnold thing. I don't even see the physical tools that others see or the talent. I don't think he's good in the pocket. I think his feet are terrible. Uh, I don't understand anything about Sam Darnold. I don't understand why Carolina is, you know, hitching their wagon to him. Uh, I think it's cheap. Yeah, I think they wanted Watson. I think they wanted Watson, but – who knows? Makes sense. Um, this should have six been six and eleven. By the way, I went under. I didn't. You say went under. Um, this should have been the pick for uh, Hard Knocks. I think. Hmm. Um, I think the Panthers. That rule would be great on Hard Knocks. Martin rule would be great. Uh, Robbie Anderson would be hilarious. Um, <laughs> yeah, he would be. Yeah, I think Joe Brady would have been really cool. I think Joe Brady would have. They would have. This would have been Joe Brady's marketing scheme to get a head coaching job in the NFL. Yeah. Um, Johnny, what do you think? Mark nailed it. Uh, everything is great about the Panthers. Uh, if you just look at everything outside of the quarterback, they are a hundred percent in candidate to be much improved and to, I, I think like surprise people like that's how good I think. And, and how much I like the Panthers and especially Matt rule and Joe Brady, you know, I think they're great. It's just Sam Darnold. Like that's all, that's literally all it comes down to is Sam Darnold just is so bad. It's hard to bet on. I, uh, I'm not as out on Sam Darnold as you guys are. The mono thing, the AC joint sprain. Jets are just a franchise of bums. Like, I, I just, I don't know. I think you can, I think if there's anybody. I mean, I saw Matt Rule, and this is different, at Temple, turn P.J. Walker 
into XFL legend. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to talk about Temple and Matt Rule because they destroyed all of my East Carolina hopes in football, and I, I, can't, I can't stand Matt Rule. Yes, yeah. I mean he made he made Temple a good football team, and I always in East Carolina radio, Greenville, North Carolina. I get went on sports radio and talked about how shitty Temple was, and every every single time they destroyed ECU and made me look like a buffoon. He is a guy that will get the most out of his players. I I'll be completely honest with you. I couldn't probably name five guys on the Panthers roster. I probably could because it's literally Temple South right now. He's he signed like Colin Thompson. <laughs> P.J. Walker, Robbie Anderson. Uh, I don't know if Ionetis or Matt are down there. but they P.J. Walker should be the starting quarterback in Carolina. Wow. I mean, that actually might happen. So, like, it depends on how, how Sam Darnold plays for the first eight weeks. I love P.J. Walker, only because I had a – I liked uh, what Houston he was on in the XFL. Mm-hmm. And I actually had a future bet on Houston to win and <laughs> the XFL. And, uh, yeah, P.J. Walker was great. He was fantastic. The, the, Panthers, the Panthers start out the year, Jets at home, Saints at home, at Houston Texans. I, I tweeted this out a couple days ago. The Carolina Panthers are starting 3-0. And all of the think pieces about Matt Rule and Joe Brady and Sam Darnold will be out in full force. And everyone's going to say, oh, Sam Darnold's fixed. It was all the Jets. And then I think that they – how many games did I have them losing in a row after that? Uh, three. <laughs> but I had them losing five of the next six. So I think that they're going to start out hot, and then reality will set in. Uh, all right, let's go right back to the middle. Saints 9, probably the hardest one I've tried to research. Over minus 105, under minus 117. Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston? I think it's Jameis. We had, uh, we had Drew Brees passing the torch to him on the sidelines after they lost to the Bucks last year. Uh, I don't know how, how happy um, why, is, why do I know the coach's name? What's the coach of the Saints? Sean, Sean Payton. Payton. Sean Payton's happy about that. Um, before we get into this, can we talk about Jameis's uh, workouts? Uh, he's, you mean his totally normal, completely fine workouts that help him improve as an NFL quarterback, avoiding uh, head injuries? I think he jumps in a pool, gets <laughs> out, does a minute of workouts, so he looks like he's dripping, and then goes back to whatever he's doing before. Jameis is the man. <laughs> but the, the thing is, like, Jameis Winston could do a totally normal workout and still wouldn't look normal. He was doing He's up just, downs that were the slowest up downs I've ever seen in my life. He lives his man. life in a constant state of slow motion. He's so fascinating. I actually, I love Jameis Winston. I, I love him. Has he played since he got LASIK? No, not really. I mean, he, he, he threw like a couple deep balls or something last year in garbage time. And stuff, <laughs> I, uh, so this is what this is what I have. I have I'm gonna go under, um, just because I think it's gonna be Winston because it doesn't make sense for Taysom Hill. You got Alvin Kamara, and you got Michael Thomas. Why would you neutralize Michael Thomas? Why would you take away from Alvin Kamara? But they have no number two receiver. Um, I said Jason Wins, James Winston in the in the football drills he does, and they also lost eight starters last year. Uh, but then again, Sean Payton. Yeah. He's an offensive genius. So if there's anyone that could t- turn around Jameis Winston, it's Sean Payton. So whoever wants to take it, take it. Uh, I'm going over on the Saints. Uh, Jameis Winston starts, and Jameis Winston is a top 20, close to top 15 fantasy wow. quarterback. Oh, yeah. I mean, if he starts full-time, he'll be an amazing fantasy quarterback yeah, it's, for sure. There's such a there's still a talented team. It's just that everybody, I think, is way too down on them just because of the quarterback. And I, I totally understandable. But was Drew Brees really that good? No. They, they, they're all, still I mean, a great team. He was good for 
14 weeks and his arm would just fall apart. <laughs> like he legitimately, his right. shoulder like would just give out. He was yeah, a little legitimate old man in Hunter Center. But they were always working around, even early in the like early in the season when he probably is a little bit fresher. You're right with his arm. They still tried ways to work around it just because he couldn't push the ball downfield. Uh, I, I think Winston it, it opens things up a little bit now. Like you don't have to put in your backup quarterback to throw a deep ball because your starting quarterback can't. Uh, I, I just I, the Saints team is so so talented. I hate to just buy low on them, or I hate to to think that they're going to. Um, go far down that much just because of Drew Brees not being there. Like I, I still think there's there's a lot worth betting on with the Saints. They lost Trey Hendrickson. It's 13 sacks. Janoris Jenkins left. I know, obviously, they have Lattimore and, and, and everything. I, I forget that end uh, who's really good, but he's you know kind of old. Um, yeah, man, I, just, I would take the player prop of Jameis Winston um, throwing yards, and I would just hammer the over because I think they are going to – throw the ball a lot mark what do you think yeah I, I completely agree with the first thing you said um i think this is the hardest team in the league to try to pinpoint what they're gonna do i have them at seven and ten like there's one part of me that feels like oh i completely agree that i, I don't think drew Brees was good last year so like there's one part of me that's just like they have all these guys i think alvin kamara is one of the best players in football i think sean payton might be the best coach in football so those are guys that I absolutely love and believe in every year. I usually, I feel like the saints are my Super Bowl pick most years, but I uh, there's, like you said, they lost more than people are saying just in terms of Drew Brees. And then I just have a feeling that this year could be like just one of those years for them where things start snowballing a couple injuries here and there, and people will blame it on Jameis if they go seven and 10, six and 11, but it probably will have more to do with the rest of the team and kind of things falling negatively for the saints. But I, I could be wrong. Like, I, like I said, this is the hardest team to pinpoint in the league. They could stay at the same level. Alvin Kamara could be the best player in fantasy. Again, Sean Payton could win coach of the year uh, and he will, if they make the playoffs, but I, uh, I, it's hard to say for me. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. John, you got anything to finish that up? Are you good? No, no, I think, yeah, Mark nailed it. Yeah, there, there are obviously more concerns than just Breeze. Um, so, yeah, that, that definitely has to be part of it. Um, are you still going I, over, though? I still, yeah, I, I think so. Good. You know, nine, nine wins is, is just too low for a team that good. Uh, yes, they might be not as good as they, they used to be or are, uh, but I, I, I still think over nine, definitely I, I would go over that. All right, last one in the NFC South, Falcons, seven and a half. I don't know how it's at seven and a half. Over minus 110, under minus 110. Obviously, everyone knows Julio Jones got traded. Matt Ryan is 36 years old. I said the GM said they're not rebuilding. They probably should have got rid of Matt Ryan, drafted Justin Fields, see what capital they could have gotten for Matt Ryan. I, I don't know. I like Kyle Pitts. Don't get me wrong. He's a generational player. But it's time to kind of just be like, you, it is what it is. Um, I really like uh, Arthur Smith. What do you guys think? I have a lot to say here. Just real quick. I normally, would, quick. I, I normally would 100% agree with you. I think I tweeted last year when Matt Ryan lost me a bet. I said something I said something like, Matt Ryan will never quarterback a winning team again. And I believe that. I don't think he'll ever be the quarterback of a team that wins more than uh, they lose. Uh, I think he's a loser. I think he's an absolute loser. But beyond <laughs> that, I disagree that they should have went and got a quarterback because okay. they took Kyle Pitts, who in my opinion – well, not even – this isn't even an opinion – he was the greatest college football tight end of all time. The greatest college football tight end of all time. In my opinion, he has all of the skills and traits 
to be the literal best player that's ever played at his position. And I know that that might sound like, oh, some crazy thing. He's the best non-quarterback prospect I've ever evaluated in my life. I don't know what his weakness is. Like, I, I think he's a pretty much perfect prospect. I think he's going to step in and break pretty much every rookie tight end record. Uh, I, I think he's unbelievable, and I think that's something that you can't pass up on. So I don't think they should have taken a quarterback, but – I don't think they're going to be competitive this year because Matt Ryan's a loser and because their defense is terrible. So I have them winning seven games going seven and 10 under that seven and a half. I, I agree with you that about the Kyle Pitt stuff, but like a tight end isn't going to make you, you know, it isn't a franchise cornerstone. So that's why I think like maybe, you know, maybe Justin Fields isn't the answer, but we definitely know Matt Ryan isn't the answer. So I feel you on that. I, uh, I don't see this team winning four games. Or they all, I mean, they all, no, sorry, they won four games last year. I don't see them winning another four with Matt Ryan in this team. I mean, they lost Keanu Neal. They lost Alex Mack, uh, Ricardo Allen. They lost two of their starters on an offensive line that stunk and replaced them with backups, which makes zero sense. So, I don't know. I don't, eight, God, if this team wins eight games, Arthur Smith might be coach of the year. <laughs> yeah, no, they're one of the worst rosters in the league. This is one of the worst teams in football. Uh, the only team that might be worse is Houston, I think. But this is a this is a terrible team. This is an awful, awful, awful team. I am completely on the under. I'm going to, you know, uh, this is one of my favorite. Just you know, because what are they? Eight wins. You know, it's yeah. just that's so way too high. Uh, it's one of my favorite futures bets. Like, just take the under on Atlanta and sleep on it. It's great. Yeah, I hammered their under last year. I remember it was nine and a half. Yes, love their and under. Too. And I'll shout out uh, Mark Drumheller does a lot of stuff with the gambler. He's the one that like kind of put me on the, hey, I don't think Atlanta's going to be good. And, you know, once you look into it and start to get past the, like, okay, yeah, a couple of things I like, uh, like on offense. Once you get past that, you realize, oh, they have nobody. Yeah. Their defense is just the drizzling shits. Uh, under, 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 under all day. They had yeah, 10 first-rounders, 10 former first-rounders last year. Remember that? Do they really? Last yeah, year, no. they had 10 former first-rounders, and they're, like, hyping that up. It's like, wow. who cares? They have no running game either. So, yeah. it's going to be a serious problem this year. But I, I, this literally might be, like, me being a dumb fantasy football sports fan. I see Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts, and I think that those guys are just so goddamn good. Top five. I think they're top five players at their position, like, right now. So, uh, I think it's just so tough for me to say they're going to be, like, 4-12, and 12, which I did last year. But uh, I think that they take a little step forward. I think Dan Quinn was a joke. So I, I think Arthur Smith should help a lot. So are you going over or under? Under. Uh, under, under se- barely under. I have seven and ten. All right, so the hook. Uh, NFC North. So the Packers aren't on the board. I kind of handicapped it myself. Aaron Rodgers comes back. I would probably say ten and a half. It's, 11 on, some, it's 11 on some. It's 11 on some? Right okay. Now, and then yeah. if Jordan Love starts, seven and a half? Five and a half. Five and a half, yeah. So (laughs) That number can't Uh, be low enough if Jordan Love is a quarterback. Yeah, I agree. Um, So we'll start off with the Bears. Uh, Bears are seven and a half over plus 103, under minus 125. I have a quick analysis. Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace are coaching coaching for their jobs. They're going to do anything they can to get this over. I'm putting putting money on the over. Because if you know what, someone's going to fight for you. Might as well go down swinging. And I think that's what Matt Nagy and, uh, and Ryan Pace are going to do. I, I believe this is the big one that I talked about on John's uh, radio show. Um, I, I love 
the Chicago Bears over this year. I think it's my favorite over under on the board. Um, hopefully, Justin Fields is playing day one. It doesn't look like that's going to happen. But if it does, either Andy Dalton is going to start and they're going to put Justin Fields in very quickly, or Andy Dalton's going to grossly overachieve and play too long because they're winning games. You look at the last three years, they've won 12, 8, and 8 games. I don't think Matt Nagy's as bad of a coach as everyone else does. I think Mitch Trubisky has just been the worst quarterback in football besides Nick Foles Jones. Yeah, and Nick Foles was terrible last year as well. So they, I think that they've had absolutely no options at quarterback, and they've still won 12, 8, and 8 games. I think you look at a guy like Justin Fields, I am not even like the hugest Justin Fields guy, but I think he's supremely NFL-ready. I think he's one of the more NFL-ready QBs I can remember uh, playing in such big games at Ohio State, and the way, that his, the way that he plays, I think it's going to translate to being able to play right away. And you look at the team around them, it's the same team that won eight games last year with Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles. I, I think that they beat Tampa Bay on Monday Night Football. Tom Brady forgot how many downs there were. Uh, but, uh, like, I think that the Bears have a lot of upside this year. I have them going 10-7. and seven. I think Allen Robinson's going to be a top-10 fantasy receiver. Uh, David Montgomery was a top-five fantasy running back last year. And then this is just something – uh, the people are sleeping on the bears added so much in the backfield this off season. Tariq Cohen is someone who's coming back after missing last year. Damian Williams. Last time we heard him, Joe Buck was calling him playoff Damian in the <laughs> super bowl. And he's, he got signed for nothing in Chicago. What if he's just someone who can step up into a role for them. And then a really, really low key guy, Khalil Herbert, they drafted pretty late in the draft is one of my all time, like late day three draft prospects that I'm in love with that are never going to amount to anything. So the bears are just literally their, all season was designed to get me excited and their defense is is obviously very good it's been very good over the last couple of years and i i think that offense is going to take such a massive jump 10 and 7 playoffs do they win the division no i think green bay probably wins 11 games if aaron Rodgers is around if aaron Rodgers gets traded they'll win the division yeah go ahead john yeah, I agree. I think Bears win the division if Rodgers is traded or doesn't play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and plus 400 is a great bit to do it. Like Vikings, Vikings are so unappealing to me. That defense is bad. And I know they've they tried to strengthen it up and they've uh, added a couple of pieces, but it's just They're bad. really injured last year. Yeah, they, I, but they, they lost a ton going into that season. So like it was almost to me expected for that defense to not be good and that team to not be great. Uh, and it, it sort of just it happened, and, and it kind of happened the way it should have. I, I just don't like – I feel like the Vikings are trending in, in a wrong direction. Uh, the only thing that's trending in the right direction there is just the fact that Justin Jefferson is such a good wide receiver, and that's great. That was an amazing draft pick for them. Uh, but I think Kirk Cousins just – on a downturn. I think this Vikings team is on a downturn, which look, that just leaves left the bears. And I think, yeah, we, we kind of saw that last year. The bears just survived games. Um, not sure how they actually win them and not sure why, but uh, they, they just survived games and end up taking wins that they shouldn't. And I think that that trend kind of continues with them. So we're all going over. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm going over just real quick. Uh, actually, I'll say my next point when we get to the Vikings. But you said uh, plus 400 to win the division. I actually prefer plus 180 to make the playoffs. I think okay. that I think that's, that's the fair. best value here. Uh, I think plus 180 to make the playoffs is a value. Um, so I think they're going to get the wild card. Obviously, those things change if Aaron Rodgers doesn't play. Hmm. So let's go into the Vikings. Uh, nine is the number right now, over plus 110, under minus 134. Uh, probably one of the best offensive, no, the best offensive team that no one talks about because of their quarterback. And Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook, like you would want to build any team 
around those three guys. Uh, have one of the easiest schedules in the league. Uh, like I said, they were banged up a lot last year, the unknown of Aaron Rodgers. I think the Vikings are in the driver's seat. I'm not as high on Matt Nagy as, as, uh, as Mark is. I got over for the Vikings uh, nine. I don't know how Aaron Rodgers comes back. Johnny, we'll start with you. Yeah, no, I just uh, – I agree with you. It's it's hard to imagine Aaron Rodgers playing in Green Bay, whether that's traded, sitting out for the season, whatever whatever the case might be. I just – I find it really hard to believe he plays for Green Bay. Uh, so it would just – it's it's up to the Vikings and Bears. Like, I w- you can convince me either way. I just slightly like the Bears a little bit more. I just – Kirk Cousins has been good. And, like, yeah, I, I'm glad you give him credit because he should get the credit for being, like, a pretty good quarterback for the past few years. But I, I, at points I didn't like what I saw last season. And at, at times it just felt like, okay, maybe Kirk Cousins is starting to, to lose his touch a bit uh, to maybe – you know, be on the, the downturn of his career and not saying that he's going to fall flat off the earth. Uh, it's just, I, I think he's going to maybe not and regress. I think just a small regression is, is kind of on the horizon for him. So it's just the Vikings. I'm not, I don't think the team's just good enough to, to be able to, to overcome that. Or, you know, if things do go regress a little bit in the offensive end, I don't know if they can really make up for that. I always just look at Mike Zimmer and I'm like, that's a guy who should have a top 10 defense between like the iPad and his red face in Lambeau. Like that's a guy who should be coaching a top 10 defense at all time. And I think that's why and I, and I remember those Minnesota Viking days from when we were growing up, they always had a good defense and it was always Dante Culpepper's fault for them not getting further than they should have. Is Mike Zimmer the most boring head coach of all yes. time? Yes. Yeah. I feel like it's a guy you wanted to jerk a beer with, but you're not going to tell anyone about Do it. Do you? It wasn't, it was, yeah, because he, he chews. He's a big chew guy. I think he's really down to earth. He probably like – I don't think me and him would have anything in common, but I think he would just be a fun, low-key, redneck, Midwestern kind of dad. Right. You, like, so I don't know if he'd be fun, but certainly I wouldn't mind it. Like I'd be sitting next to him, and he's the one – he's the guy sitting next to Like you, you share a few laughs or like even just yes, say a word. Unintentionally like, funny. Right. And his, yes, views on the, his views on the world right now in like 2020 are just so awesome face that you're just like this right. guy's seen some shit <laughs> but he probably wouldn't say like more than 10 words to you no like, yeah, you would have to make the, you would have to you would have to carry the conversation he's the one in the in the dive bar around it's either on a sunday at 1 p.m he's watching yep. something or he's the guy at the dive bar it's saturday at 11 you're like dude why are you still here you're yeah like, he's he's the person yeah i'd sit next to at the bar uh wouldn't hardly say a word maybe like 10 words or a little less. chuckle but then something. but then you leave and you say that was a nice guy like i, yeah. I like that guy that was a nice guy i hope to see him again what do you think mark yeah um <laughs> <laughs> i meant more of the vikings not of mike Zimmer. <laughs> No, I, uh, I'm not a, I'm not a huge Mike Zimmer guy. I think you should get out of that dive bar and try to fix his defense. How bad they were last season. His secondary was terrible. They're, He's got me fooled. They're relying, they're relying on a lot of rookies this year uh, on both ends of the ball. Um, but I think that nine is the correct number. I have them winning nine games. I think they'll go nine and eight. I have them in Seattle tied right now for my last wild card spot. I haven't decided who's going to get it. I think I had Seattle beating them so that would go to Seattle, but. Uh, all this talk about Kirk Cousins' regression has me excited for Kellen Mond. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> Easy, Chris Sims. Easy. But, <laughs> no, but I, I think Minnesota, I had them starting off 5-2 and two and then going on a bit of a skid. So Kirk Cousins is Kirk Cousins. We know, we know exactly what we're getting. He's a product Cousins. of his environment. 
he is who he is. So mm-hmm. He's going to go around nine and eight, eight and eight, seven and nine, or in that range. And he's not going to win you games. He's not going to probably lose you too many games. It's, it's kind of just your team's going to do what they're going to do, and Cousins will go with the flow. Sometimes he'll be better, and you'll people will write the column that people are too mean to Kirk Cousins, and sometimes he's bad, and uh, he gets too much credit. That column comes out. So it just he's just he'll like, say something about COVID, and then everyone will yeah. then be like, "Oh, guy, okay, this Kirk Cousins guy sucks." Yeah, yeah. he likes Creed. So it's I'll just like. <laughs> <laughs> NFL Twitter uh, is just very like Kirk Cousins is the perfect player for it. Yes, like he really is the perfect that is player so, for NFL Twitter. That is unbelievable. That is the exact way to explain yeah. Kirk Cousins. Like he's just perfect for NFL Twitter. He's bound to stick a foot in his mouth once a season, but then he's bound to do the you like that, and you're just like, oh, fuck, I'm back in on Kirk Cousins that, again. That is, uh, I, I can't say enough how all time you like that is as a clip like I'll, I'll see it like once every like nine months whatever like uh, whenever it pops up on my twitter timeline 100 percent of the time it gets a laugh it, yeah. i remember when that happened in real time like i just couldn't believe that you like that clip it's it's an all-time clip for me could you imagine if a, a carson wentz doing that to like jeff mclean and like jimmy kemsky <laughs> and zach berman and those guys and i think it would i, I think the philly fans would have made them extend Carson Wentz for a lifetime contract after that. Just the way Philly sports fans hate the media in this town. I'm not a, I'm not a hockey or flyers guy, but isn't it's crazy that I'm coming up with this reference, but it didn't, didn't uh, the flyers guy do that to seal ski or something. Well, yeah, he called him a weasel. Called someone a weasel. Yeah. yeah. And now we're going to, now we're, now we're not even protecting him in the expansion draft. So there's the, the NHL is expanding. Uh, Seattle Kraken. Oh man. That's news yeah. to me. Yeah. Um, so you seem like you were going push, but, going towards the under if you had to make a choice for Vikings, uh, Mark? I would probably lean towards the over um, because of the Rodgers factor, but I'm going push, yeah. Okay. I went over, and Johnny, you went under, right? Yeah, I think we could go under with the Vikings. Hey, let's be completely honest with each other. We forgot about the Lions in the NFC North. So that total is five. Sorry, Lions fans. Over is even. Under is minus 121. We don't see the Lions winning more than four games. We all took under minus 121 for the Lions win total at five. Uh, a couple of us saw a two and one, maybe a two and one start by Dan Campbell and the Lions. And then kind of, you know, the, the passion speeches just, just wear out. Just don't really have the pieces right now. So uh, sorry about that, Lions fans. Uh, Lions five. Uh, we all have the under on that one. That's the show. Thanks to John Jansen. Thanks to Mark in Philly for coming on. Hey, Go give those guys a follow. I honestly believe it when I say it, that I think they're two of the young, great handicappers in Philadelphia right now. And they're entertaining as hell on social media. So go give them a follow. If you like what you heard, please rate, subscribe, review. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on TikTok. If you search Everything's Fine on YouTube, we do have video podcasts as well. Hope you have a great rest of the day. We'll talk to you Wednesday. And the AFC, the MVPs, the Offensive Rookie of the Year, Futures, and a little bit of player props will be coming up on Friday. Have an awesome day.